I like your addition. Thank you. Welcome to the Rose Tinted Reels. Yep. Yep. That's our podcast. Rose Tinted Reels. Mm-hmm. We're, we're rosy in our disposition and our memory of things. And I'm just reeling from that sentence. Sorry, it sounds like you're trying to do an Allison joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Did I succeed? No one laughed, so I guess so. Hey! <laughs> oh, Allison. <laughs> I had to use that really quick. I'm so proud of that. That's my new sound effect. And what's funny is that the laughing and Allison noises in the background to peel a little bit of the curtain. That was from the recording, not Allison currently responding. No, see, I'll do it again. I take it a second. Oh, oh Allison. <laughs> see, the laughter was canned, but it sounds so genuine. Every time I do it, it's going to be successful. Hopefully. So, yeah. so who are you? That's that not important. I'm a man of many mysteries. Mm-hmm. You'll mm-hmm. never unravel them all. Who are you? More importantly, well, my name that. is Zachary Duncan. That's far from the truth. <laughs> no, because uh, you're married now, right? So you're you're Zachary Krause. Yeah, yep. You married my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I married your husband. No sense does this make. I am your wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what is your correct name? My name is Allison Krause. So you're the country star. Yep. Or folks, see, I don't know what she is. I've I never, I've never heard one of her songs. I hear that one song called "Whiskey Lullaby" will make me cry, but that's not really setting the bar any sort of direction because I cry when the wind blows. So, if you could just imagine what that song is like, try singing a snatch of it. A snatch of it. A snatch of that song. I've never heard that used as like a increment. Yeah, yeah. One snatch increment of that song. Would you sing? I mean, it, if it truly is country, then I have to imagine like someone Whiskey lullabies. Like, took her dog, took her truck, took her farm, took her whiskey, took her whiskey, took her woman. You know, they just they just you took her woman. No, she, someone took my woman. If I'm Allison Krauss. It, it, oh, OK. Well, I don't understand what the reality of the situation is anymore. I just know what country songs are and country songs are people taking other people's dogs, trucks. Farms and Bush lovers. Light. Yeah. Co- Corona Lime. Natural, what do people drink? Natural Best. Natural Best. Michelob <laughs> uh, Ultra. Something. Something. I mean, I I just don't know. Just one of those bad beers. Um, anyway, yeah. To my, me, all beers are bad. Well, all, all beers are, result in evil. my death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, death, is that dramatic or would you just be really uncomfortable and maybe die? Probably closer to that. The maybe dying part? The, yeah, very uncomfortable and then maybe <laughs> it's a uh, but you know i'd yeah. rather not test fate yeah anyway yeah. my name is zachary duncan mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to meet your acquaintance pleasure yeah, pleasure pleasure We're shaking hands. yes <laughs> um so uh welcome to our podcast today's episode is about the great mouse detective it's true. We're detecting mice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are. And we will soon be detecting them once they're done downloading on the, the Disney app. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so we've just departed from our Halloween-centric episodes. Thank you for coming along with us on that journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought it was important to maybe purify our souls a little bit with something maybe a little wholesome and nurturing. And, you know, plot devices with cigarettes and beer for kids. Yeah, and a burlesque show. Yeah. <laughs> and the, one of the drinks was drugged. This yeah. is a really quite adult uh, Disney movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh god! And and the <laughs> we'll we'll get into the movie. Slight I, child I don't abuse. Wanna, yeah, it's just 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 a little bit. And that was my favorite part. I have to say. Oh yeah. So, uh, <laughs> do you have any personal news to go through before we, we're in Act One? By the way, the Rose Garden Address. Do you have any personal news to share with the people? Um. I don't really have anything too new and exciting going on. I oh, probably, geez. by the time you have heard this, I would have come back from my honeymoon. Oh. And from there, I will have all of the stories. Look, you, of the two of us, you're the exciting one. You lead the more exciting life. So I rely on you for exciting stories to tell the people. Because I'm not going to have anything. What did I do today? I sat at a table, typed on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. I went to sleep. Went to the bathroom a couple times in, in that time also, but that's well, not worth Well, you telling. have to just pepper your day with a little zest. That's true. <laughs> and that's what people usually say of my bathroom experiences. Very zesty, that Zachary. He's very zesty in the bathroom. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say it. You did. I'm just going along with things. Yeah. Yep. You're complicit. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, no personal news then. Nothing interesting in your life has happened at all since the last episode. I actually went to a restaurant for the first time yesterday. <gasps> for the first time since Did you wear your March? Did you, did, did for, you, for most you, of it, oh. until I had to remove it to put... Oh, I'm sorry. You took your mask off to eat? Well, I don't know how to eat with one on unless you make one of those slits. Well, nobody said you had to eat at the restaurant. Oh, that's true. I could have just sat there and looked hungrily at the food. Yeah. <laughs> but I had some raw oysters, which I love. Ew. What? They're delicious. Oh. You like sushi? I do, because no that's difference. amazing. No difference. <laughs> Rice. Oysters. Carb, <laughs> carbs are the difference. <laughs> yes. Beautiful carbs. No, but you had disgusting oysters that look like they come from a monster. It's kind of like, like swallowing snot. a snot bubble. Yes, yeah. it's gross. <laughs> Do you remember the Orbit soda? It was like soda with a little snot bubbles in it before like mochi were a thing. Yes, but I didn't ever have any. Oh, yeah. They, they Those were horrible because it was like drinking fish eggs. Yuck. Actually, I like fish eggs. So yum. But they were sweet and it was like baby boba. It like it was. Do you know about the boba stuff, though, right? It's tapioca. It'll kill you. If you choke on it. No, a woman had so much of the the bubble tea, uh, or boba tea. I just so Zach's little cheeks inflate when he says that the bubble tea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, when this woman had the bubble tea, um, she had so much of it that the tapioca doesn't actually digest fast at all. Like it takes a long time. It's a starch. No, but I mean like months. So like she had so much of it that it actually made her stomach burst. I feel like this is an urban legend. Like I've I've heard urban legends of like people consuming too much. Uh, Look, bubble will kill you. Okay, I I would like to see evidence of this before I believe it is fact. No, 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 no. You don't need Just, evidence. What you need is to never do that because it'll kill you. Ladies and gentlemen at home, she's googling it right now. I don't know why she doesn't believe my ironclad word, but bubble tea, bubble tea will kill you. Dead. Nineteen-year-old girl has said, "Oh, you." The Mothership? I don't know that that's a refutable news source. Of course it is. The Mothership? <laughs> How can you not trust a, a news organization called The Mothership? Well, me crazy. Let's see. It was in China, see? R- reportedly. Oh, but this was getting stuck in her windpipe. Not from overindulgence. Oh, well, you're looking at the wrong one. 100 undigested boba tea pearls? Yeah. How much would you have had to consume before? Well, I'd imagine she had quite a lot, but still. And what else did she eat or drink 
that it didn't process sooner. So she drank a little bit of cement. What of it? CT scan showed at least 100 undigested tapioca pearls known as boba in her stomach. According to the reports, the girl told her parents that she only drank one bubble tea uh, drink in five days before she was taken to the hospital. Based on the scan test, doctors believed that the teen consumed much more than one drink and simply trying to avoid punishment from her parents. (laughs) I mean, I will say... who sneaks she survived, who, though. All they did was give her laxatives, and it pushed itself out. Now, that's... that's that's. And I bet that looked like rabbit pellets. Now, these guys don't know what they're talking about. She died okay. in horrible agony. Um, so, <laughs> let me tell you this. Do you wish that on the girl? No, but Have it's you ever had truth. milk tea? Milk tea is delicious. Dude. Oh, my God. When I was in London with my mommy earlier in this year for my birthday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we bought a big pouch of, uh, of milk tea, and I scarfed that stuff up mm-hmm. oh my god is that good so she, i think she got me some for the the trip back and i went through it in like a day and then she ordered me another one and i went through that in like maybe two days i love that stuff have you noticed that no matter what our conversation starts at it ends with food yeah but at least we haven't gotten to cheese that's <laughs> true but don't get me started on cheese oh that just reminds me oh my god what you, I, some I, cheesy movie you want me to watch no ratatouille uh-huh i, I needed to add that to the list we could have a whole mouse-centric series of films. But, oh, man. So my next piece of news is going to be relevant to what you just did. Okay. So this in podcast news, you and I have decided Mm -hmm. that for every so often we get an exception or a golden buzzer. For an exceptional film. Exactly. And this allows us to watch something newer because the general principle of this podcast is that we don't watch anything from 2000 and um, more recent. I keep trying to push it to 2005. I know. Every time you say it, it's one year later. <laughs> Come on, 2006. No, 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 no. So 2000 and later, we don't watch unless one of us presses our golden buzzer and allows this exceptional movie to sneak by. So you've already used yours for The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. How many golden buzzers do we get? Is it like over a certain amount of time? Yeah, or? so that's what I haven't quite decided. So I don't know. Would you think like over the course of two months, we get a one golden buzzer each? What do you, the listeners, think? That that might be a good test. Let us know on our socials. Let us know on the socials. Although there are like five episodes before this one comes out that I'm going to be releasing. So they're not going to hear this for like a year. Maybe I could add <laughs> a post <laughs> referencing. We will ask this in a podcast. In a but, year to come. But do tell us. We can also try to think of something. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's that's the general thing. So is Ratatouille going to be one of your golden buzzers? Because that's a newer movie. It is. But I was also planning on cooking us ratatouille to enjoy for it Uh, that sounds very enjoyable (laughs) i have to say so i think you have to do a golden buzzer because i'm looking forward to that now yeah it's a perfect autumnal dish so you also have pan's labyrinth that you have to golden buzz well that's also one that you want to watch true but i'm gonna let you waste your golden buzzer on it (laughs) (laughs) you remind me a lot of my sister she would do (laughs) things it's like yeah i could but I want you to expel whatever you have first. Yeah, I'm going to keep all my golden buzzers and let them build up. He's going to have like a little uh, treasure trove under him like a dragon. Although for the most part, I don't think I'm going to use any golden buzzers. It's I think it's just you that's going to use them because I want to do the old movies. I, the, the purpose of this podcast is basically <laughs> so I can watch cool old movies that you recommend. And really, we've been stuck in the 80s. <laughs> so, we have. Yeah. yeah but we did a couple from 70s. We did Jaws and Sleuth. 
Anything else? Uh, we did Casablanca, which was a lot earlier than the 70s. Yeah. The, um, so, I mean, we, we, we branch out of the 80s, but that seems to... I didn't realize it was my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it, it makes our uh, logo, the 3D glasses, all the more relevant. It's true. Yeah. It's true. We just need to add some Tab Cola. I've never had Tab Cola. It's Diet Coke, basically. All right. Is it good? I mean, I don't like Coke, so... I've never had Tab Cola. Oh, okay. But I, I just know that it, it is a diet soda. I gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. One, one of these days, we actually need to have like an assortment of 80s things just around us for every episode. <laughs> You're going to distract yourself with a Rubik's Cube. Exactly. <laughs> He'll just hear like, quirk, 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 quirk. I've done it. <laughs> so, All right. So and you uh, would never know if he had or hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd probably blow me up. You'd probably accuse me of lying. It's true. Even if I had done it legitimately. Well, how would they know? Exactly. Do they They'll trust to, me or do they trust you? to figure out which one of us to trust. Uh, you can trust me. I was right about the bubble tea, wasn't I? Well, you said she died. She did. No, she didn't. Well, according to that website. Uh, find the evidence otherwise <laughs> we saw somebody else had died from it getting lodged in the throat and then that woman had a build-up in her stomach just cross those that two she stories out. Yeah, just cross those two stories someone died okay you're doing what trump does and is making me <laughs> i'm learning from trump he's our president and our most wise counselor to the country i think i just had an aneurysm <laughs> all right let's move on so comments look Here's the section of the show where we'd be reading the most interesting comments that we found on the social medias. It's true. Do we have any comments on the social medias, Allison? We had some new likes and shares on our sweepstakes. That is lovely. And I love to hear about that, but no comments on the socials. I know. So, you know, find us, man. Talk. Be part of the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at Rose Tinted Reels. We did have a comment. (laughs) Oh, my God. You made liars out of both of us just now. I know. I'm the worst. All right. So while you're doing that, I'll also go on to say that, look, we'll also read five-star reviews on here. Anything that they say, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it here. So if you would like a venue to voice your displeasure at the low quality and just amateurism of this podcast, that's the way to do it. So go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. We will only read it if it's five stars, but we will read everything it says. So our Princess Marty... Uh, wrote to us on our Facebook page Mm -hmm. that Scream is his favorite scary movie and he's so excited for the new Scream episode when that releases. So that'll have been the one right before this or was that The Conjuring? So two before this. Two before. So I I think you'll like it, Princess Marty. I think you will. I think it's going to, it'll tickle your fancy and your desire for some good Scream action. And I actually asked him a follow-up, which is, who is his Rose and Thorn Award? So Marty says that the Rose 100% goes to Sydney, which is something that we both disagreed with. So I felt a little bad because... Cindy was the... Sydney, like Australia. Sure, why not? Uh, So uh, The lead lady. Okay, so the the brown-haired lady? Nev Campbell, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Uh, particularly for her evasive skills, quick thinking. Um, I think I seen, didn't. I give mine to her. I didn't. I don't think you did. Because I thought she was. I thought she was good. I thought she helped get out of situations where a normal leading lady would have fallen with backwards. The soft side of her hand. She would have. Fa- <laughs> she would have fallen backwards and been stabbed immediately while screaming in a sensual way. I don't remember you picking her, but if you did, oh look. Okay. Quick thinking, using the door to keep her bedroom blocked, and contacting nine one one immediately. I also just really love Nev Campbell. Honorable mention goes to Matthew Lillard because he uh, had no actual motive for murdering people. He was just 
sexily unhinged, <laughs> which is funny. Who? Which one? Um, Matthew Lillard, the guy who played um, Shaggy in Scooby Doo. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Thorin goes to Gail Weathers. Um, I get that she's a bit of a plot device, um, almost like the Greek chorus giving us tidbits that maybe Sydney didn't pick the right guy. But other than that, um, I just didn't like her character. And the romance between her and Dewey is a bit contrived. Contrived, yes. Her desire or her interest in him I thought was contrived. His desire and interest in her I thought was not contrived, but just silly that it was reciprocated. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just pulled up my screen paperwork and I did give my rose to Sydney. Oh, I just, for some reason, maybe I'm thinking of Kaya. Yeah, I think Kaya didn't. Yeah. So I gave my thorn to Dewey, the dumbass. (laughs) Well, you're not far off, so. Deputy dummy. Okay. Sue. Yeah, so no no additional five-star reviews. We'll just be sad about that. Get out there and review us, man. Five stars. Tell us how much you hate us or love us. I'm, Pre- I'm, preferably love. Yeah, I'm fine with love or hate, but I'm just putting it out there. If you hate us, that's... Come on. Let Zach us know. is a little more ironclad than I am. I, I live for your applause. I live for your booze. Because <laughs> I'm a drunk. Yeah. Ah! Sorry. I stole womp, your joke. Womp, womp. <laughs> I take it a second. Oh. <laughs> oh wow, Zachary! <laughs> yeah, we need to make one that's a no, Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Act Two, Inside the Real. So the events of 1986, and it seems fitting that we're filling a gap because we had 87 and we had 85. So 86 is a good thing. I was really worried that we had already done this before, but uh... I had to double check. <laughs> so it's funny that we both had to double check. So. Films of 1986. The uh, we had you know Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee. Oh, I love Crocodile Dundee. Platoon, The mm-hmm. Karate Kid Part Two. Oh, that's one that I need to add to the list. Is The Karate Kid? The Karate Kid Part Two? Not two, one. Okay. Uh, so you you know you got your Karate Kid and uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, Aliens, Ruthless People. I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. The Color of Money, mm-hmm. The Money Pit. The Money Pit's cute. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either, or heard of it, probably. It's um, Tom Hanks, and I forget who he plays opposite. Meg Ryan, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would be a Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> You're not helping. Adam Sandler. You're not helping. Adam Shelley, West? Shelley Long. Shelley Long. Mm-hmm. Nope, never heard of this. So Shelley Long, you would know, she was Mrs. Brady in the Brady Bunch movie. I don't know if I saw the movie. I've seen some episodes of the show. but She was know. in Cheers? Who was she in Cheers? I've seen the first few episodes of Cheers. Diane Chambers? I don't remember anyone's name except for Mr. Cheer. She has an on-again, off-again relationship with uh, Sam Malone. Sam Malone. Uh, by the way, I watched your video that you sent me the other day about the Water Malone guy. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, uh, that was good. And then the guy that said, uh, story time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love stories he ambushed stories people but what i'm alone will keep me warm why haven't they have done like a crossover with story time with watermelons 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 so uh what do you have for 19 events in 1986 well i'll start off with the sad one um oh boy yeah just to get it done is that the that was the year that the space shuttle challenger disintegrated in uh, 73 seconds into its flight leading to the death of all seven members of the crew oh that's just my noise of exasperation you keep bringing depressing news i did that the first couple episodes and i decided people want an escape from the drudgery and the horrors of everyday life 
Well, to counterbalance it, the rest of mine are not sad. Oh, good. So (laughs) the next one I have is that the Oprah Winfrey show debuted. It was the year that laser tag was invented. It was the year that laser tag was invented. You sound like you're talking about something from the Renaissance. It was the Renaissance. The <laughs> Renaissance. It was the year that laser tag was invented. Come and with me, children. Huck and thither. <laughs> to the time <laughs> where the pixies did roam and the lasers did tag. I want to go to this place. <laughs> we should definitely open a laser tag place when it's safe to. With pixies? We, well, that can be like our television commercial. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> The old timey laser tag. Ye old. Ye old laser. Oh, my God. How has that never been a thing? That's hilarious. <laughs> laser jousting. Laser jousting. That's perfect. This is amazing. All right, we're doing that. Patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> no, 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 take this idea. This ours. Genius. All right. So mine next one is uh, the first case of mad cow disease was discovered. Oh, jeez. I thought you said that I was the depressing. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's mad madness. Mad, mad, mad. <laughs> Madam Mim. Oh, I love the mad Madam Mim. Ha. So, um, this was also the year, um. Our Lord. That subsequently has just devastated my life because American Girl dolls were invented that year. American Girl dolls. Are these... Hang on. Don't say anything. Are these dolls that are like... uh, Are they plasticky on the face? So they are historic looking dolls. um, And you can like change their clothes and such. mm -hmm. They're about the size of a Chucky doll maybe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. They're ludicrously expensive, like prohibitively, um, but they're they're just really creepy, and their eyes move. So they're expensive, and they're creepy. I, I can't see why uh, people wouldn't buy these in large numbers. They do. Not everyone finds them creepy. I know that I'm a unique person. I had a Felicity doll who was a colonial girl. So I'll give you a little piece of uh, historical knowledge here mm-hmm. that I just found out about. Did you know that wedding dresses before, I think, World War II were not always white? Huh. I mean, that checks out. Um, white usually had like a religious connotation of purity. So Yeah, it was uh, I think it was more of a rich uh, status thing to have a white dress. But even uh, royals would sometimes wear uh, red in their wedding dresses hmm. or have an entirely red dress. And I believe in Japan and Korea, red is also commonly worn for weddings. Yeah, I think we should go back to this time. I think white's boring. I don't gothic care. weddings. I don't care to wear red. I I would not mind wearing other colors, but I well, just, you want to be a Disney princess. I do. I one of the things when I went wedding dress shopping was I wanted to look like a cupcake, and <laughs> I hope I won't disappoint with that. <laughs> so are you are you going to do like a a yellow? Talking about Belle from Beauty and the Beast. No, uh, my my dress is kind of more white ivory. So talking Cinderella, but she had hints of blue. Hers was all blue. Was it? Well, I'm colorblind, so it looked like only hints. <laughs> no, so it's it's not modeled after a particular princess. Stupid. I'm my own princess, Zach. Oh, geez, you're so original. So on this year also, <laughs> you're Mike. So cool, Bruce. <laughs> you're so cool. Uh, so Mike Tyson became on this year the youngest heavyweight champion in history. So 1986 was actually the year the longest recorded war ended. 
It lasted 335 years. And uh, so uh, the war was actually between the Dutch and the Isles of Sicily. There were no casualty of this war. And the Dutch actually forgot about the conflict entirely until a Sicilian historian contacted them about it in 1985. A treaty was signed uh, for peace in 1986. So it was the longest running war that no one remembered they were fighting. <laughs> That's the best kind of war, though. Yeah, I think this is my favorite bit of news I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's a war. We're at war, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> Maybe. Well, let's just drop it. Yeah. So uh, what is the official synopsis for this movie? Basil. Um, Basil? The Rodent Sherlock Holmes investigates the kidnapping of a toy maker and uncovers its link to his arch enemy, Professor Rattigan. Professor Rattigan. So uh, I'm not going to be able to get through this movie without saying Basil, like uh, Sybil from Faulty Towers. You do what you got to do to get through it, man. Basil. <laughs> so my synopsis for this movie, my fake synopsis is nerd beats bully gets the girl. Mine is six words. Rat has identity crisis. Sure does. <laughs> Why was he so obsessed with being a mouse? Wouldn't he have had, like, rat superiority? Well, rats kind of have a, I don't know, wouldn't he connotation have, to them. Wouldn't he have wanted to be like the Hitler and be like, rats are superior? Does anyone want to be the Hitler? Hitler did. Yeah. And look how it worked out for him. Well, but this guy predated him a little bit. Well, te- okay. Okay. Excuse me. But yes. did it? Well, because make a case. Because... If Radigan was supposed to be in 1897 or whenever the the timestamp at the beginning of the movie is, he would predate Hitler. So maybe Hitler was trying to be Radigan, assuming Radigan was a real historical figure, a real rat. Of course he was. Again. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's get to some trivia about let's, this here movie. Let's do it. All right, you want to start us off? Sure. So there was a lot of double dipping with the actors. Barry Ingham uh, voices both. Basil, um, Basil, and the unlucky Bartholomew. And interestingly, that makes two out of the three characters in the movie that actually call Radigan a rat, the other being Olivia, and one of the two that live to tell the tale. Yeah, the other poor drunken rat. I know, poor Bartholomew. Fed to the, for, what was the name of that fat little cat? Felicia. I don't remember hearing Felicia, all right. Um, Val Betton um, voiced both Dr. David Q. Dawson and uh, one of the Radigan thugs. Surprisingly, uh, Candy Candido voices both Fidget and one of the bar patrons. I think I'd read that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does, actually, because his voice for Fidget is sped up. Mm-hmm. So it, it pitches his voice up and speeds it up a little bit, but his authentic voice is heard in the bar. So all I know is, how hard would that be to be on your... Like, he really gravels it up as Fidget. So I don't... Well, he, again, they, they digitally uh, did some stuff to make him faster, mm-hmm. but I don't know what his... I guess his regular voice is the way it sounded in the pub. So, I mean, th- does it hurt him to do it that way? Or is that just how he speaks? Or is he like that dude from, uh, I only know him from Independence Day. The guy, he talks like this, David. Harvey finds David. David. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's ridiculous. It sounds like it makes my eyes water listening to him talk. Because it sounds like he's swallowing hot gravel. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it hurts me to listen to him. Yeah. But I guess that sound it feels all right for him. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... It could just be his natural registry. Everyone has a unique voice. Yeah, but that's more than just a register. That's oh. uh, yeah. It just I just he's talking he's like Corey be- Taylor sings, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not healthy. <laughs> it can't be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Know. So all I know is that he is a big voice actor, and so um, 
he's done a lot of cartoons, and I'm trying. I, I think he always kind of has that similar registry. He also kind of looks like uh, Salvador Dali. I don't know if you saw his picture. I don't know that I know what Salvador Dali looks like. Oh, but yeah, uh, Candy Candido did a lot of voice acting for cartoons. You know, I do remember his voice in Peter Pan um, because he was the the chief of the Indians, which has you know now one of the biggest now known to be racist songs. And then um, he was also one of the henchmen in Sleeping Beauty, so I think he did work a lot with Disney. I haven't seen Sleeping Beauty. Or Snow White. The original cartoons? Yeah, since... Oh, I've seen them, just not since I was a kid. Oh, okay. Hmm. I don't really remember them. I love them. But they were my formative movies. Yeah, me too. My Well, I used to watch Little Mermaid on repeat. I love the French chef. La Poisson. He he he! Which also racist against the French, but they deserve it. Let's be honest. Because they're a little spiky in French sometimes. Fucking French. <laughs> Again, that's a Eddie Izzard quote. We're not being. <laughs> Although I am personally, I I say the French can you know kick rocks. Yeah, <laughs> the way you said it, like the way you were making faces. I was just trying to help you get there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my next piece of trivia is that this was the one of the few Disney movies to take place entirely at night. There are no scenes that take place during the day at any point in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I I didn't pay attention to that before, but absolutely. Yeah, I mean the same thing. I like I, I watched the whole movie and it should have been obvious, but I never really realized that there was absolutely not one scene in in the daytime. But they made sure to get that London fog in there. They sure did. <laughs> the Rube Goldberg device that Radigan sets up to assassinate Basil and um, Basil Basil and Dawson. Uh, it was a nod to the famous Vincent Price role in the Abominable Doctor Phoebe's. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so when Fidget screams, screams off screen as he's being fed to Felicia, it's oh, not okay. actually Candy Candito screaming. Instead, it's an unused sound effect for the Haunted Mansion ride. Interesting, because that's my favorite ride at Disney. So how do you like that? That's a I, pretty good piece of trivia. I like it. Yeah. Um, Vincent Price would go on to say that Rannigan was his favorite film role of all time. What? Yeah. <laughs> And was especially thrilled to have two songs written specifically for him. That's weird. Vincent <laughs> Price was kind of a weird dude. I love him, that's, but he was kind of a hot dog, and I love that about him. Like that's well, I, he, and it would it would have been less weird if he had said that about a, a movie that was more weird. This movie wasn't weird enough, <laughs> which well, makes it weird. So this movie was one of uh, his last five films before he passed, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, his last, last film uh, was Edward Scissorhands. And again, played a weird dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Edward Scissorhands. So John Cleese and Patrick Stewart were both original choices for the role of Basil, which would have been amazing. Honestly, I love Patrick Stewart, but I think John Cleese would have been perfect. See, I see John Cleese as a better Dawson. He would be a but he, he doesn't, peppery, more feisty Dawson. Yeah, he, he wouldn't stand up. Like, the, the role written for Dawson is not feisty enough for Cleese. John Cleese. Yeah. I just, him, especially the role that Basil was, it wasn't really Sherlock Holmes. Like, it was kind of. But he got more fed up and more, like, he was affected by people making fun of him and stuff like that, which isn't very Sherlocky. Like, Sherlock wouldn't care. And he would just continue to think about uh, other things. He would be unaffected by it. Um, See, this was something that I was very curious because you have a deeper knowledge of Sherlock than I do. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, they're not going to show him smoking opiates or anything like that. But <laughs> no, but they did have drugs and alcohol in the movie. He could have done at he, least one he of those. He could have done. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, but I think the the role that Basil was was kind of Sherlock and kind of a new thing, which was getting more fed up and frustrated and stuff like that, which I think would have been perfect for John Cleese. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been amazing. I do love his voice. Disney missed a trick on that one, in my opinion. <laughs> so in the movie, they actually use um, sound clippings from one of the original radio broadcasts of a Sherlock production. Um, so when you see the human Sherlock and the human Watson, uh, you are actually listening to an old uh, archived radio um, with Basil Rothbone. Yep, I've actually got that in the uh, timestamps, and it's from the Redheaded League story. Mm, yeah, I, re- well, I recognized the dialogue when I heard it, and I, I had to Google the line and uh, reread some of it. I thought it was kind of cool that they did a proper nod. There seemed to be something analogous going on in the real human world. Well, yeah, they, they live in the basement of Sherlock. Yeah, yeah. So the lightning sound effect that you heard at, all throughout the movie was actually, it's like a Wilhelm scream. Mm-hmm. It's a sound effect that it's called the Castle Thunder. Mm. And it was first recorded and originally used for 1931's Frankenstein and has been used in many films, including this one. I didn't know that there was such a thing. So that that's interesting. Like, I know the Wilhelm scream, but I never thought to think of ambient noises like thunder and light. Yeah, it's just kind of standard noises that all of Hollywood kind of shares. It's just in a repository that if you don't have your own recording, you can just go here and use this. It's kind of like uh, stock photos or something like that. But it's it's kind of neat. So uh, I and I feel like in now look, looking back in my memory, I feel like I can remember these things, especially in cheesier movies. Mm. You can you can pick out that cheesy specific mouse cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you can pick out that specific sound effect as as just always being the lightning sound. So uh, did you know uh, mm-hmm. that Jeffrey Katzenberg had little to no faith in this movie that it would be any good? Uh, most of his attention was spent meddling with the Black Cauldron, which would become a cinematic failure in the Disney world. So uh, Katzenberg did, however, demand that the film title be changed from Basil of Baker Street to simply The Great Mouse Detective. A move that inspired an infamous fake memo that once stated Disney was changing all of the titles of the film to be more generic, such as Seven Little Men Help a Girl, The Wonderful Elephant Who Could Really Fly, The Girl with the See-Through Shoes, and A Boy, A Bear, and A Big Black Cat. Uh, Two of the four directors have since said that they've always hated the new title. However, those directors may have had some solace in the title being changed to the Basil, the Great Mouse Detective, and some international versions. Basil! Basil. I knew some of that, uh, having read around, but I didn't know that he had n- not taken an interest in the Great Mouse Detective from the beginning. I did. I read a lot about the Black Cauldron kind of screwing things up for Disney because it was such a flop, <laughs> and actually the Great Mouse Detective kind of saved them financially because it did really well. Between that and American Tale. Which is interesting. I've never even heard of The Black Cauldron. It's really good. It, it is very creepy for kids, though. Like, it, it is kind of, it reminds me of the animation style in the old uh, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings cartoons, the ones hmm. that were, like, from the 60s. I'd be interested to see that, honestly. It's on the Disney Plus. Well, it's not on the list of movies that we're going to watch yet. <laughs> this was the first animated project. <laughs> Excuse me, I died momentarily. <laughs> Uh, th- this was the first a- animated Disney. Uh, pro- I'm gonna try take three. <laughs> this was the first animated project by Disney to feature the voice of Frank Welker, and he's voiced many of the animal sounds in movies and TV shows since the '60s, and he's still kicking. And he was the original voice and the current voice still of Freddy in Scooby Doo, and he was also Nibbler in Futurama, as well as doing other various animal voices for Futurama. 
So that's he, fascinating. He wow. He he's been all over the place. Yeah. Since the sixties he's been kicking it. Wow. He looks still very refreshed. Right? Wow. Frank Welkler, the genius. Oh, they they said that he could do six ducks. Like at once? At once. Ugh. He could do six ducks at once, and one of them had a cough. <laughs> now, I, I'm just imagining like six like Scrooge McDucks at once. <laughs> actually, one of the actors in the film is the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, the father. Mm-hmm. And the little girl actually only had one role, which was this film. There's a little girl. I, yeah, Alaska. I looked her up. I thought that was crazy. So um, I was really worried that. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever seen All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes. The little girl from that was um, really horribly murdered. What? Yeah. But maybe I'll save that if we ever... Well, you said yes. Yes, so. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So the the little girl, the father was jealous of her fame and popularity and murdered her and her mother. Wow. And this is back to Allison and her dark news, which oh. has nothing to do with this movie. Uh, do you have any other trivias? Nope. I've ruined everyone's life enough today. Well, let's see if I can pick things up here. So the director's... Uh, John Musker and Ron Clements went on to direct Little Mermaid, 1989, Aladdin, 1992, Hercules, 1997, Treasure Planet, 2002, which I think was also a flop, uh, The Princess and the Frog, 2009, and Moana, 2016. So they've been they've been kicking it with some pretty big hits, except for Treasure Island or Treasure Planet. And I think that Treasure Planet, um, if I recall, didn't do very well, uh, not because the movie was bad, because the movie was actually quite good, but I think it was coming out at the time of other giants, and so just no one saw it. I think you may be right about that. I remember seeing it in theaters, and I was still a young fella. I wasn't, I was probably 11 or something like that. But anyway, I saw it in theater, and I thought, I remember being completely disinterested in it. But I think it came out around the same time as, I think it was kind of a swashbuckly movie, if I remember correctly. Swashbuckle in space kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that I had seen Pirates of the Caribbean recently. So I was like comparing it to that. Yeah. And and I could see where it (laughs) was not as good. (laughs) So I don't know if that was unfair of me, but that's, I think that's why I didn't like it. We all carry our biases. Yeah. So that's all the trivia that I've got. Would you like to move on to act three movie analysis? Let's do it. Unless you're. I ain't yellow. So Allison's nostalgia rating for this was a 6.5 out of 10. And what was <laughs> It's just like I'm seeing you making faces out of the corner of my <laughs> eye. So what would you predict my real rating would be? So I was really torn. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up saying that you would give it a 5.5. Secretly looking to see if she's right. <laughs> Am I? I'm not telling you. Oh, 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 meaning the answer to that. I thought you were looking up what I said last time. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, that's just anticlimactic. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you what I've rated it. So I, I thought that depending on how much you would buy into the Sherlockness of it would sway your score. But I, I do think you enjoy it, but just knowing also that you rate and scale things critically, um, based upon a numerous factors, uh, including how does it compare to, say, Citizen Kane films. I, I thought 5.5 was a generous rating for a children's film. However, I think that maybe, I, I'm hoping you liked it enough that the score bumps up a little bit. So on a related note, I would actually like to watch Citizen Kane. I don't know if you are totally into, into seeing it again, but I think that would be perfect because I'm not sure I would rate it very highly. 
So I'm one of the people that recognize what it's done for cinema. Yeah. But I just didn't like it. Yeah. And so I, I three boobless hours later. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like I I'll just, have, I think I'll have a similar opinion of it. I don't know, but I'd like to see it. So maybe I, I would, Citizen Kane would also be, you know, a two. It's definitely something for you to watch. Like on it, my it, own time. Well, no, it's it, it's an important film in cinematic history. It falls into the classic films I'd like you to watch. That would be one that I would like to invite my friend Matt here because I think you have a lot of interesting factoids for you. Because mm. he's the one who wrote dissertations on Kubrick. And did he come out of the other end with respect for Kubrick? Oh, he loves it. Like uh, 2001 Space All right. Odyssey. So he's he's my companion. When we have Chris come back on and he's going to bring his friend. You need an expert, yeah. Yeah, I need, I need to bring on, what did you say his name was? Matt? Matt. Mm-hmm. So I need to bring in this Matt Fontaine character. He'll be my, he'll be my bulldog. You. He'll be my bulldog. When Chris, <laughs> Chris is bringing his bulldog, I'll bring my bulldog. Yeah. 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 And I'll just sit here like, I wish I could moderate this. You yeah, no, you will be the moderator. You'll you'll have to calm both of us down. Back yeah. the bulldogs off. Vice president, your time is up. <laughs> I didn't watch any of the vice president stuff. I watched like thirty seconds of the presidential thing. Saw both of them call each other a racist mm-hmm. and interrupt each other. And I was just like, this is. I had anxiety not, from watching it. This is not dignified. All right, so uh, let's get into the timestamps of it all. Let's watch this movie. Let's do it. The Great Mouse Couture. I love the music in this movie. It's quite music isn't it? So um, <laughs> You didn't say it was good. So <laughs> there is music. Quite music. Yeah. Much uh, wow. Maybe we should have a musical rating for scores, soundtracks, yeah. things like that. Yeah. I would like to do that because I, I, I get so into the music of films. So. Right. Like Amelie, I will listen to that soundtrack all the time. All right. So we're pushing into a shot of a foggy London street. Horses in a carriage going gracefully by as a newspaper strewn across a wet, paved, slabbed, stone, street-sided walk. Cobbles. That's the one. <laughs> and a small little mouse window with a nice, warm, glowing fire. No, and the Daddy. name Flavisham. Flabby Pockets? Yes. I haven't given you Whatever. a present yet. What is it? What is it? <laughs> no, no. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Oh, 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 oh. oh no. Oh, big enough. <laughs> All right, so little baby mouse checking out this impossibly animatronic thing. Oh, Daddy. You're the greatest genius who's ever lived. How did you do this? (laughs) All right, peg leg on his right foot, uh, screen left. Let's mark that. Mm -hmm. Oh, does that change? It certainly does. You're the most wonderful father in in the whole world. She's saying that with a gun to her head. There's a little peg leg bat trying to get in the door here. I don't know. Ach, I'm Scottish. Ach. I like how earlier you called it passable Scottish. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so there's a kerfuffle. Olivia has been thrown into a pink closet. The the violence, especially the music helping along the violence and stuff in this movie, is quite jarring. Even as an adult, I can't. I'm trying to remember as a child. I'm sure I would have been upset. Yeah, very startled and scared. Dad day. Why is? Why isn't she Scottish? 
She is. She's from Glasgow. Sounds Scottish. Well, Glasgow, you know, maybe because of its proximity to England, it's a little more softened than a Highlander. Glasgow. So how how far are we in here? Skipping out like uh, the credit sequence and the Disney logo and stuff like that. It's probably like 45 seconds in. (laughs) And we have already seen and broken a family. That's very much a Disney thing to do. In the first 45 seconds, that's quick. Did you ever see Finding Nemo? Of course I did. Yeah, do you remember the first scene where the mom gets eaten by a barracuda or a shark? Uh, it's been so long, I forget. Was it really seriously the first scene? Yeah, like it is absolutely the first scene. And Nemo is the only surviving fish egg. Um, All his brothers and sisters got gobbled up. All right, well, that's slightly different because the rest of the movie is not about finding the mom who was eaten. It was finding the child. The father's trying to find the child. And so we had more time to get to know them. My problem with this is... We've seen this father for 45 seconds. Is he really a good father? Do, do we really care about him? We know that she cares, and isn't that enough? Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. Disney! It almost sounds like a Christmas movie. It kind of does, doesn't it? Maybe they just thought that, hey, it's London. It's always Christmas over there. Yeah, yeah. They read too much Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> John Musker, Ron Clemens. It Holy Moses. The of our good queen's diamond jubilee. And the year Her Majesty's government came to the very brink of disaster. So this is weird to me because it said four directors for this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that that was, I don't know, like the bylaws of Hollywood or whatever, legal speaking or just the certain guilds or something that own Hollywood. But I thought it was a big deal in the early 2000s that they had changed a rule that al- that just then allowed for more direct more than one director on a movie. Because I remember there was a problem with the Coen brothers. Whenever they would do a movie, they could only list one of them as director, even though both of them directed. That's not something I know about, but I'm interested to research. Yeah, I, I just remember that happening when it happened, and I haven't heard any, you know, anything since, and I never read into it. But I remember that it was early 2000s, and it just meant that the, like the Wachowskis and the Coen brothers could now co-direct a movie, whereas before they technically couldn't. Like one of them was director and then it would say both of them were producers and writers and stuff like that. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So um, I just thought that uh, this intro speech, and uh, this really gives us a feel for the movie and just kind of the um, mother of London. And in my opinion, what kind of sets it out to be a Sherlock story. Like, I, I just love how they set this up. My name is Dr. David Q. Dawson, most recently of the Queen's 66th Regiment. What's that middle name? Q. Yeah. The letter Q. What starts with a Q? Quincy. You think it's Quincy? Mm -hmm. Quincy Dawson? Quentin? Quentin Dawson? After lengthy service in Afghanistan and was anxious to find a quiet place. (laughs) It's preferably dry. Hmm. So this is all somewhat accurate to the beginning story of Sherlock, uh, Study in Scarlet. So we have a, a chubby, warm mouse um, carrying an umbrella walking down presumably Baker Street. So what always bothered me about the representation, except for the the uh, the newer BBC Sherlock show with uh, Benedict Cumberbuns mm-hmm. and uh, Morgan Freeman, where Watson is skinny in that one, all the other versions of him are kind of chubby like this. 
Jude Law wasn't. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the the Guy Ritchie films. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't Tubby. But in all the other uh, like the old series of movies with whatever those actors were, I don't know. They always had a Tubby dude. In the cartoon versions, he's always Tubby. And I don't. He's not described that way in the stories. I mean, he was an army doctor. Like he's yeah. got to be in some kind of shape. I feel like uh, people saw a representation like that. and They just kind of latched onto it, and that's yeah. how it's kind of like. Um, I don't know. In our minds, we envision something when we're reading. One person shakes that, and for whatever reason, in the the movie universe, that becomes the the new norm. Yeah. Did I know that my life was about to change forever? Forever. And ever. And ever and ever again. So beautiful. You'll be back. Time will tell. You remember that I served you well. Illusions rise. Empires fall. <laughs> He's looking around. He's in an alleyway. There's an old woman's boot. Boot. Oh, I hadn't noticed that it was a woman's. It has a big old heel on it. Oh, my. He sees a crying young Olivia Flavisham sitting right, on cod liver pills. Flabby Patty? Oh, come now, come, come, come. Here, here. Sherlock uh, Basil right. keeps getting her name wrong in this. I'm just oh, yeah, about. no. I love that choice, too, because <laughs> you can't be bothered to care. <laughs> oh, that's better. No. No. Tell me, uh, what's troubling you, my dear? See... I- and I think that's funny. That's a, that's a nice addition to the character of a Sherlocky person. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember Sherlock ever doing something like that in the stories. Like getting someone's name wrong, especially consistently like that. I feel like he would do that to antagonize someone. Like if he knew it would antagonize him to serve his purpose. I guess. But you're like also if he the were doing, expert. If he were doing it in a character, maybe. But like in the stories, I'm saying, like the movies and shows and stuff like that, it's different. Like he seems a little bit more antagonistic like that. In the stories, I don't really remember him being that way. Mm. I but, think my favorite was the Hounds of Baskerville. That's a very good one, yeah. I've certainly read most of all the Sherlock stories, so there may be some things that he's done in the one that I haven't read. But yeah, it, 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 that doesn't seem like the Sherlock character that I know from the, the from the books. All right, so here we've got Basil. And so I was just talking gun in a children's cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like Looney Tunesy. There's always guns and stuff in there. And the, I like the use of the elementary, my dear Watson. Which was never in the stories. I should say it was the the elementary, my dear Watson was never in the official stories. It was in other stories that people did after um, Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. How many times have I told you? Right, all right. Uh, hmm, I believe I smell some of those delightful cheese crumpets of yours. Crumpets. Did you fetch our guests some? But but I no. I know that bullet's here somewhere. I love how annoyed he is that she has. Olivia Flabisham. Whatever. Whatever. You don't understand. We're looking at the bullet. And the bullet didn't match. Crack! He looks so dejected. His hair is a mess. Another dead end. 
Just don't go throwing bullets in your house, sir. I mean, I know it's your house. (laughs) I like that they also kept him with the violin. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, I love, I thought it was so funny when he takes the violin from her and puts it in the chair and then he sits on it. (laughs) I actually laughed out loud at that. I mean, that's really, it's broad, like childish comedy, but it made me laugh. So um, Olivia finally is able to tell him about her father's kidnapping and he only cares because he knows the peg leg back to be a companion of Radigan. And so I just found it funny that he could care less about yeah. the, the, the little girl and her missing father and the kidnapping. But until it became a self-serving purpose, then suddenly he absolutely cares. And also, why does he have a portrait of Radigan hanging on his wall? Because he always wants to be reminded of him. Is that, I, is that a Sherlock thing? Um, does he, he have a Moriarty? I don't know that he has a picture of his enemies, but he does keep trophies. Okay. And he did keep something from... Harley uh, Nadler. Uh, he, he kept things from her, and I think he had a picture of her, maybe. But she's also... He took a shine to her. He said he was very sexist uh, in the stories. I believe it. He was a man of his time. Yeah, he was. He definitely thought that women were inferior and, and st- such like that. Um, but he did say that uh, Irene Adler was different. Irene, I think I called her Arlene. Sorry. Yeah. Arlen. That, that's like Alabama. That's the Alabama version. Arlene. <laughs> Employee of the very fiend who was the target of my experiment. The horror of my every waking moment. The nefarious Professor Rattigan. Do they say what he's a professor of? Uh, Rattigan. Rat you know. studies? Genius, Dawson. A genius twisted for evil. The Napoleon of crime. As bad as all that, eh? Yeah. Worse. For years, I tried <laughs> I to like how he's menacing them, like, going so around his lab. each time, he's narrowly evaded my grasp. He keeps, like, shaking his fist towards the direction of the portrait. So. Just a note on the mechanics of, or the logic of cartoon stuff. Mm-hmm. And the lightning strikes here. So very close. Yes. All right. <laughs> you did it. Do you feel better? No. It's not worth it. <laughs> So the light comes in and it actually casts a shadow on the portrait. Like the, the figure inside the painting is casting a shadow within his own picture and the lighting changes on the coat and the hat and everything based on where the light from the lightning is coming from. And I think, I think that's funny. So I, I don't know if they're trying to say that the paint is 3d or if that's just a cartoony way of kind of dramatizing what's in the painting. I mean, they did have kind of silhouetted paint, like on um, women's silhouetted necklaces, they were raised. So it is Mm. possible that at the time that could have been a raised portrait. It's very thoughtful of Basil to have gone through the trouble of making a a raised and very probably expensive portrait of his arch enemy. I could see Radigan sending it like best wishes. (laughs) (laughs) So I really like that as some like (laughs) behind the scenes lore that nobody addresses. But he didn't have to hang it up (laughs) if that was the case. Maybe he's secretly got a crush on Dr. Reddy. You know, there has to be something said about their obsession with each other. Maybe they do want to cuddle. I don't know. Maybe so. Look, the, the, this is in the 18th uh, century. The 18th, <laughs> no, the 1800s. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's in the 1800s. And, uh, you know, so maybe both of them were homosexual. And they had no way of expressing, admitti- expressing that and admitting that to anybody, much less each other. Well, now I really care about them, and it's a, like a, a sad and 
Uh, it's like the Brokeback of the cartoon rat world. I never saw Brokeback, so I don't know. I know there was homosexuality in that movie. But... It's about ranchers where it's kind of a forbidden romance. Uh, so, uh, yeah, maybe so their way of pursuing each other is just through... Cat and rat games. Cat and rat. He wanted to play mouse with his rat. Dirty. Yes. So anyway, paintings. <laughs> what a corner of London. All right. So this one is just, uh, I, I want to point out the animation and the sound design, the music. What a corner of London safe while ratigans at large. So we're going into a, a grate here. And this is going to be a Radigan's lair where he's got the father and forcing him to make inventions. So here's like this shadow of a robot just jiggling around. But the music is just so... It's kind of manic. It's so manic. And the animation is manic. Like that's... And here we are with smoking in a children's movie. So people are smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. um, which is fine for Radigan because apparently... He's a villain cigarettes were invented at this point but they were all hand rolled and very expensive so radigan having them is fine but there are some common people in this movie that also smoke cigarettes where that is unrealistic Hmm. so it would have been much more realistic for them to have been smoking pipes and that would have looked cooler because pipes look cooler than cigarettes but i think that now with a modern view of that time period it seems more like sophisticated people smoked pipes Mm -hmm. so having common people doing that would not have seemed realistic even though it would have been more realistic so cigarettes were more of a fancy thing even though we think the inverse is true yeah well frankly i think that pipe smoke does smell better depending on the kind that's being used like a vanilla pipe smoke smells Nicer. It does I think smell. We've talked about that before. Yeah, I think it smells better than cigarettes, but honestly, I hate the smell of both. Oh yeah, tobacco is horrible. Yeah, let's not support the tobacco industry. No, kids don't smoke. Yeah, I, I, unless you want to look cool for your friends, then obviously you've gotta just get one of those candy cigarettes, like the the chalky ones. Oh yeah, I used to do that. Or get pocky, the far superior snack. Pocky, the are those like the stick things? Yeah, they're the chocolate or green tea or strawberry dipped little yeah. pretzel sticks. Yeah, those are nice yeah. and tasty. Although, but if you want to look cool, you, you obviously have to smoke. Um, smoke, smoke, yeah, smoking yet? <laughs> <laughs> smoke. This portion of the film brought to you by Philip Morris. You smoking yet? <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, uh yeah. Yeah. Smoking isn't uh, the thing to do unless you want to look cool. Honestly, that is that is my genuine opinion. Unless you want to look cool, don't smoke. It's well, bad for you. And I, I will say that, you know, watching a lot of the movies that we have, looking back at the nineties and kind of the flip into the two thousands, mm-hmm. you can see when they became out of fashion because people mm-hmm. stopped smoking in the movies unless they were bad guys. Yeah. Well, I think that, looking cool. there was also a very big political move to have that happen. So yeah. like, cause honestly, smoking does look cool. I, I just don't did. think so, but that's because I can't dissociate the appearance with the no of the smell. Yeah. It's tough, but it's been so long since I've been around a smoker. Like honestly, some of my friends smoked in like high school and I think that was the last time that I was around smoking. Yeah you know in large part unless i pass somebody on honestly when i went to new york city a few years ago people were smoking there and i found that so weird 
Yeah, it's whenever I come across a smoker now, I'm always just like, really? Really? I know. It is actually kind of surprising when you come across a smoker these days. Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of like kept to the dark corners of places. Where they belong. Well. Who was it? Was it Eddie Izzard that equated smoking with racism? Um, who's like they should treat racism like smokers. So like if like uh, please, if you're gonna come in here, you can't be racist in here. If you're gonna be racist, you have to go outside. We have a dedicated racism section. You can just stand out there in the rain and be racist. When you're done, you can come back inside. I like that, and I think it should be implemented in force. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, this uh, clip that I just played, mm-hmm. I just wanted to note the the crazy manic music and animation that I'm sure would have scared and bothered me as a child. Yeah, maybe you blocked this film from your memory because you, you were not sure if you had or had not seen it. Do well, you, a- after after watching it again, I'm sure that I saw it at some point. But honestly, I think it scared me, so I was probably closing my eyes for large parts of it. Oh, okay. So hopefully you didn't have any nightmares. I had a little trouble getting to sleep after seeing this one. Really? I don't believe you because your nostrils flared. No, no, I genuinely did. I, it was not related to this movie, but I did have oh. trouble getting to sleep that <laughs> night. <laughs> well, don't blame my Basil for your sleep issues. Basil? <laughs> Basil! She was so funny in that show. Did you ever watch Faulty Towers? You showed me a couple episodes. Oh my God, so worth watching. All of it. And then repeat it's it was seriously i watched all the way through that show like just cycling through it so many times i love that show i think i've cycled through coupling from the bbc more so than did i ever finish coupling i think i think i told you not to watch the last season the jeffless season oh yeah yeah i don't think i watched that season yeah because jeff is the reason to watch that show in my opinion he's my favorite yeah i mean i liked i remember liking it's been a while now but i remember liking all the characters but jeff was definitely the standout oh yeah but uh yeah Faulty Towers. I'm just endorsing that right now. In fact, I'm going to start watching it again. I haven't watched it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rewatch. Was there anything else in this little clippy area? I don't know. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. I want to watch Faulty Towers. Oh, no. That kind of says a lot about your rating. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's hard to be better than Faulty Towers. I think that's my favorite sitcom ever. That's a pretty high rating. Yeah. I mean, seriously, what would you put up as your, like, the, the best sitcom ever? Hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so breathy. <laughs> oh. Well, it wasn't like that. <laughs> um, I mean, would you consider Simpsons a sitcom? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a subtype of sitcom that's a cartoon. But yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, because I... I would definitely say it's better than The Simpsons. Well, it depends on what you hear of The Simpsons, but... Um, I said, well, I, but the, I'm not strawmanning it. I would steel man The Simpsons, so the best of The Simpsons. Okay. I would put up against Faulty Towers, and I would still say Faulty Towers wins, in my opinion. Yeah, it just uh, Faulty Towers was not something that I ever just sat down and watched um, until I I knew you. And so for me, um, the longevity of watching The Simpsons has lasted longer. Mm-hmm. So the long that wasn't a sentence. Could have been. Could have been. Not a good one. Look, it made some kind of sense. <laughs> You came with me. Yeah. I would judge myself later while listening to this, hearing that <laughs> sentence. I was like, what the hell were you on about? Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we need to have some Faulty Towers nights or something because I need to get you to see the whole thing. Maybe we can have those as like um, supplemental episodes, like little buffer fun things. <gasps> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to hold us to it. We're going to do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> My friends. So this is about his friends. <laughs> and uh, everybody's got to have a friend. I'm just curious. So this whole movie is made up of mices. Mm-hmm. 
And, of course, Radigan is a rat boy who mm-hmm. doesn't want to admit it for some reason. I just don't understand. And they have one lizard that hangs out. That's what my timestamp is about. What's up with the flipping lizard? He actually makes an appearance in Alice in Wonderland, too, that same lizard. Bill. Bill the lizard. Does he? Yeah. That's so interesting. All right. So um, I think... We are about to embark on the most odious, the most evil, the most diabolical scheme <laughs> of my the illustrious <laughs> career. A crime to oh, top all crimes. Oh. A crime that will live in infamy. Yeah! Yeah! evening, our beloved monarch celebrates her diamond jubilee. And uh, with the enthusiastic help of our good friend, Mr. Flavisham, <laughs> it promises to be a night she will never forget. <laughs> Last night, and my first as supreme ruler of all mousedoms. Okay, he said supreme ruler of all mousedom, and the salamander starts cheering. He's not part of Maustum. He's a salamander. But he, you know, or he could be a newt. Whatever he is, he's not a mouse. Yeah, but maybe he has fealty to mice. Like, you know, I like you mice so much. If a rat is your leader, I can join. Maybe he was raised by mice. Yeah, you don't know his story. We should have been told his story. It's just so odd to me that they placed just a random non-mouse in Maustum. Listen. Yeah. He loves them. He wants to support them. What I, is wrong with love? I don't know. I just needed some more information on him. It just seems so random. Yeah, it's a little random. But he's cute, so we'll go with it. Yeah, sure. I, he probably just needed to like break up the <laughs> the drill. But so, uh, if you want to continue playing, this was actually my. Um, so they're all cheering. They're raising beer glasses, and he's smoothing his hair. Parts the crowd, and a spotlight falls upon him. He's dancing with a tap hat From and a cane. the brain that brought you the big Ben caper, the head that made headlines in every newspaper, and wondrous things like oh. the tower bridge. I love how little his feet are. <laughs> They're very dainty, aren't yeah. they? So, Especially when he tiptoed up the jewels. So speaking of his physicality, his the the character design for Radigan was initially very small or uh, slender and frail looking. But after hearing his uh, vocal characterization, they changed him to this big imposing rat. And I'm curious about that because I don't think the voice fits. A very good performance and very good character design. I just don't think they go together. It looks weird to me. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think it's because it's kind of a surprising voice. Yeah, uh, maybe that was the intention for it to be kind of different, like not stereotypical, like you'd think a big thing like that would have a big deep voice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's that is my expectation. And when he has this kind of voice that's a little bit nasally like this, it just seems, I don't know, seems odd to me. Hmm. I'm not sure it was the right choice. Uh, I like it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. But it hasn't all been champagne and caviar. Oh, no. Break it down for us. To that miserable second-rate detective, Basil of Baker Street. Is he really second-rate if he's bothering you so much? For years, that insufferable pipsqueak has interfered with my plans. I haven't had a moment's peace of mind. That's exactly what I had written down. He's a second-rate detective, and he's not at a or a moment's peace of mind. Then doesn't that make you a second-rate criminal? Nah, he's a first-rate criminal. Well, but he's not had any peace of mind from a second-rate detective. Semantics. 
Yes, semantics matter in the meaning of a sentence. That's <laughs> <laughs> why semantics exist. <laughs> He said what he is. Was that? What did you call me? Oh, oh, he didn't mean it, Professor. It was just a slip of the tongue. I am not a rat. Of course you're not. You're a mouse. Yeah, that's right, right. A mouse. Yeah, a a big mouse. Silence! (laughs) I like how unbothered this fella seems to be. Enter Felicia. I'm afraid that you have gone and upset me. (laughs) You know what happens when someone upsets me. How does he prevent that from jingling in his pocket all the time? I love her so much. (laughs) Why? She's Edie of folks. She eats the people. Oh, God, she's just like his own personal Gujira cat. (laughs) Oh, Radigan. Oh, Radigan. Look at her. She's cute. No, she is not. (laughs) She's precious. How are you saying she's cute and Cartman isn't? Because look at her in her little fluffy shell. She's not fluffy. She's flabby. That is the most... (laughs) Hats off for lost friends. Oh, Felicia, my precious, my baby. Did Daddy's little honey bun enjoy her tasty treat? <laughs> I trust there will be no further interruption. <clears throat> and now, as you were singing... Even louder! <laughs> no one can doubt what we know. Why did the second-tier criminals have no teeth? Like, they were missing teeth? I think that was a cartoony, like, uh, convention. So when someone's, like, overly excited, they lo- they just it shows them with White more teeth. gaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the illusion. Yeah, I'll catch you. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so for the Sims fans out there, they the, one of the mice was holding jewels and stuff around him, and he had a diamond-shaped <laughs> thing above his head that was a plumb bob from uh, the Sims, or at least looked like one. Young lady, you are most definitely not accompanying Oh no, us. we missed. I'm going to go back. The broken violin. Look, yeah. Understand, it will be quite dangerous. <laughs> oh, and I like that he still you? blames Look, her. <laughs> you put it there. Now, now, young lady. You are most definitely not accompanying us. And that is final. See, I'm just hearing all I'm hearing all of that performed by John Cleese <laughs> and mourning what was never done. Have you ever seen John Cleese in his fight with uh, Taylor Swift on the Graham Norton show? I think so. About cats? Yeah. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Women, they're all kind of cussed. And <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, hmm, don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Was it her? Was it she that has the gigantic cat or is that John Cleese? He has the gigantic cat, yeah. and he called her cats not proper cats because <laughs> uh, she has, uh, I think, two or three Scottish folds. Oh, okay. So the little cats with the ears tucked in. Right. That are super cute and always look guilty of something like they're looking at you like. <laughs> <laughs> she did puppy dog eyes at me to exemplify mm-hmm. cat face. Yeah. 
It wasn't convincing because I still have Allison face. So can you answer me a question? Yes. Just did it. Next. (laughs) What was Sherlock's dog's actual name? Was it Toby? Sherlock didn't have a dog. I know he did in the Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, I think that was Watson's dog. Uh, In the stories, I don't remember Watson even having a dog. Um, But I will say that there was a dog in a Sherlock story that was named Toby. It it wasn't their dog. Oh, okay. But that is a thing. I don't remember which story it was. I don't think it was Baskerville because I don't remember it. But I could be wrong. I I don't think it's Baskerville either. When I was very young um, and we went to Miami to visit my grandmother, uh, she had... Um, a collection of Arthur Conan Doyle stories, and um, that's when we first read Baskerville, my mm. sister and I. Oh, okay. I've got the big compendium, the Barnes & Noble version with the fancy cover and everything. Mm-hmm. And you have a really beautiful lithograph that some some nice lady gave you. I don't know who it was, but it is very nice. Uh, uh, it's too bad she'll never get credit for it, though. So uh, my next... She's incredible. Time stamp this. <laughs> it was Allison. She gave it to me. How I know you're nice all is shocked. that? Shocked, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. It's got, I think, all of the stories from A Study in Scarlet. Mm-hmm. In very, very tiny font surrounding the silhouette of Sherlock. The, the man himself. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're opening the door here. You're just out not going to tell the audience what just happened. No, nope, we're going to move right along. <laughs> All right, so they open the door, uh, you know, Tom and Jerry style, and they're peeking out the little heads. Stop laughing! Look, okay, we we did a bunch of this stuff. We, we both spoke a lot without recording it, so we're going back and doing this again. I will say that this is the first time that we've ever had this error, and to pause was my fault. Yes, because I so we're blaming Allison. Curses, Allison. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, they, they, they use the same trope in Disney with, uh, Gus Gus and Cinderella where they kind of pop out of a decorative part of the wall. Mm-hmm. It feels so redundant, <laughs> <laughs> but the audience doesn't know this is all it's, new for them. It's true. We're a treat for the ear. <laughs> so yes, they're, they're coming into, um, the human Sherlock's abode. And, uh, so as the OG Basil Rothbone or whatever his name was, Rathbone. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the chap. And so we're going through the room and you can kind of get a, a viewpoints of the trophies that Zach had mentioned earlier. But we were looking for a bullets um bullets or gunshots that spell out VR. What's that about? Uh it was part of this one of the stories. He shot some holes into the wall in the shape of a V and an R. And uh, I didn't see it. It's possible that they just don't show that particular wall. Yeah, we can only have so many guns in a kid's movie. We already had (laughs) guns in a kid's movie. Shot a pillow right in front of a kid. I know. Tragic pillow never had a chance. Shot three pillows. Three of them? Mm -hmm. That's genocide. He hit three pillows. Who is Toby? Well, my dear, Toby is a... Well, he's a... uh, I say, Basil, who is this Toby chap? All right, now let's be upset about this again. <laughs> I think this is the last thing we got to before we realized we hadn't recorded yet. Yeah. Maybe we did more. Anyway, but Fatty McGee here just uh, looked at the, ki- the kid. She was like, who's Toby? And he's like, well, Toby, young lady, is... Basil, who is this Toby? Why would he have been so confidently talking to this child? Like, yes, I know. Uh, no, I don't. 
my my summation is he thought that he should have known and maybe like he thought that his brain would catch up with his speaking if he delayed it long enough and then he just didn't have enough time men am i right <laughs> sexist sexist sack i know <laughs> men oh boy anyway so that's that that's that's all i had to say on this topic Let's go to the next thing, which we already did. So um, we are entering a toy shop and the trio, Basil, Dawson, and Olivia, are looking around the toy shop and are rudely interrupted in their conversation by Basil, telling them, do shut up. They're looking for the peg leg bat. I can't recall if I said Widget. I've never seen so many toys. Behind any of which could lurk a bloodthirsty assassin. So please, doctor. Be very careful. You could tell he wanted to say, do shut up. But I also noticed that he gave them the point. <laughs> As he was slowly uh, slinking Maybe away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my next timestamp is a nod to one of our other episodes. And I want to see if you can get the same feel I did. Or if it resonated to you in the same way. These toys. I like how the bad guys all have yellowish colored eyes instead of like whites of the eye. Oh, I wonder what that means. Basil, please, I'm trying to concentrate. He didn't pronounce Basil, it right. Uh, I... Yes, sleuth. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of this, like, that noise, maybe it can kind of. Maybe. But yeah, this but absolutely reminds me of sleuth. Especially with the just cacophony of like all of the machines going at once. Sounds a lot like the ending to sleuth. And then the, the laughing guy. Mm. Sounds... Dumbo! Aw. He looks weird. Well, it's a uh, fake Dumbo. Yeah. Unlicensed Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's looking under the covers and... <laughs> Oh, God. I think that did terrify me when I was a kid, thinking about it like this. <laughs> Go to the side, you idiot. Oh, you. <laughs> Again, go to the side, you idiot. No, 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 no. The side, I say. Hmm, the broken creepy. face there. It is creepy. super creepy for yeah. kids. Why do they have so many violent Ooh. toys? I don't know, but later in the movie, um, the the bat the batigan is dressed. The batigan, the batigan, <laughs> the world's most famous bat. What? I'm not a bat. I'm a flappy mouse man. Flying squirrel. Uh, or that. So <laughs> flappy mouse man. Uh, right now, he's got like a bonnet on, like a kid's bonnet, because he was in the little thing. They do that later in the movie where he's pretending to be the little girl, Flabby Bottom, or whatever mm-hmm. her name is, and uh, she, he's like wrapped up in a. Blanket with her little hat. Yeah, inside yeah. of a bottle, and he and uh, Sherlock or Basil is supposed to think that he's trapped in or she's trapped in there. Anyway, and he turns around, and it's his spooky face. And I do remember as a kid, I remember seeing that and being just disgusted. Mm-hmm. Like as I thought it was her, and then it was something really ugly, and it really bothered me. Can I just nominate that we now forever call bats flappy mice? <laughs> <laughs> flappy mice men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think bats are cute little sky puppies. Yeah, some of them are pretty cute. Yeah. I'll give you that. Like some of the like big Australian fox uh, fox bats. I must admit that I don't know the uh, the genuses. Just let me show you a little fox bat because isn't that cute? Yeah, a lovely little bat fella. So we're looking at pictures of bats, which is great for audio show. Yeah. 
Sorry. We keep doing that to you, poor listeners. And <laughs> I usually cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this may stay in. I don't know. It so this is where we see Senior Widget, where his feet have swapped. Quickly, back to Baker Street. So we've got Mr. Ratty Fella coming into the father, working on some weird gizmo robot fella. Allow me to present your charming daughter. Olivia! So, I've just paused it. So for the entire movie, the bat's leg has been on his right, but screen left. Now in this scene, she's about to stomp his foot, and I'm pretty sure that's why they swapped the sides. Um, His peg is now on his left, screen right. Why wouldn't they just make the door on the other side in the edit? Like I don't know, or just it's a cartoon. She can reach over him and stomp his other foot, yeah. the other side of him. I don't know why they did that. Maybe it was a mistake. I'm not sure. Where's our continuity person? Or maybe that they did flip it. I, maybe we should pay attention to her scarf, the way that it's hanging, mm-hmm. or something about her um, that's not like symmetrical. where her hat hangs because yeah, it some, always hangs to kind of one side. Yeah, so we should pay attention. Maybe they flipped the whole scene for some reason. Maybe mm. they thought that it looked better if it were if they were looking. Maybe it was an eye line thing. Maybe they animated it all one way, but they thought the eye lines didn't quite match up, so they flipped it. I'm not sure, but his uh, foot is on the total wrong side. Oh, my foot! My only foot! My only foot! I thought I'd never find you. Oh dear, 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 my bairn. I'm all right. My wee bairn. Oh, I was so worried about my little gettle. Gettle. Oh, how sweet. Oh, I just love tearful reunions. <laughs> now, come along, my dear. Oh, please! Please! Olivia! Oh, please, Professor! Now, now, Fidget will take good care of her. That is, as long as we have no further delays. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll finish it. Oh, just don't hurt my daughter. Look, if this Scottish father fellow was such a genius, why didn't he make an invention that looked like it was going to do what Dr. Ratfella told him he wanted to have happen, but didn't? He it would just blow up in his face. extremely limited time. Come on, he's a genius. He should genius. have been able to do it. Genius. Did he design the trap at the end that uh, was supposed to kill Basil and Dawson's Creek? No, uh, we are led to believe that that was a Radigan original. Ah, so Radigan is also quite the the engineer. Why isn't he doing these things? Why did he need to hire a fella? Just because you're an engineer doesn't mean that you understand robotics. Yes, it does. No, no it doesn't. Oh, all right. <laughs> There's different kinds of engineers. <laughs> I know, I'm a software engineer. I was joking. Why don't you build a robot? Fine, I will. I'll make a ton of robots. We'll do blackjack and have hookers. Hooker robots? Yeah, I would love to make some hooker robots. Well, I think uh, there are some countries that are a little ahead of the step on you on that one. Yeah, I think in the future, robots that look exactly and feel exactly like humans, those are coming. And then so will a bunch of men. Yes, (laughs) I guarantee it. So the only thing that would be beneficial about that is it would be easier to sanitize. Come down to robot prostitutes. You'll come again. Okay, this is the children's episode. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just as guilty. <laughs> you started this. You're the one making hooker robots. That oh, was yeah. All you. Maybe I started it. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, what? Uh, my next one is at one hour and seven minutes, and it's my last thing. 
I have 4125. So um, Dawson and Basil are going to a pub to try to sniff out details to find the peg leg bat. They know that he is a haunt of this particular establishment, and they're about to go in, and it's kind of a rough crowd. <gasps> oh, I do beg your pardon, madam. Quite unintentional. <laughs> I feel like her outfit doesn't match the time. <laughs> kind of. She looks very 60s. So he's been instructed to act like a tough guy. And so he goes, oh, I do beg your pardon. There's How no impertinent. There's no need to be rude to the lady. You bumped into her. Yeah, well, yes, but he's supposed to be acting like a tough guy. So he can be apologetic, but he could be like, What's oh. tougher than taking onus of your actions? Sorry about that, my love. Uh, it, yeah. won't, it won't happen again. Yeah, that, that works. Yeah, not, oh, I do beg your pardon. But Dawson isn't the actor that bustle. Look, he doesn't have to be, you know, Olivier. Act- Acting. <laughs> he doesn't have to be Olivier. He just has to say the right words. Say the words. <laughs> uh, did you have more in this? Or was there more octopus action? There was more octopus action. We actually haven't got there yet. We're no life ruffians. Well, I was until that. Strumpet? <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I didn't think his act was all that bad. What about the piano man? He knows what's about to happen. Octopus is blissfully unaware. I think he was more surprised that he got applause. <laughs> you oh, yeah. bum. That, that's gimme. Yeah. What's your pleasure, mates? Uh, I'll have a dry <laughs> sherry with... Uh, sherry? Perhaps uh, just a... <laughs> two points for me and my shipmate. My shipmate. Has he never met, like, a low-class person before? Like, how does he not know how to talk here? I'm sure he must have, like, somewhere in his travels. He's a man of the world. He's been in the army. He's been with all, like, hung out with all sorts of people. Why doesn't he know that he sounds really middle-class right now to upper-class? Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, middle? <laughs> well, middle-class, quote-unquote middle-class in, in England is is sort of upper-class. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just blissfully unaware. Yeah. Speaking of singing, um, this is one of three, I think, Disney movies that they didn't break out in song. I think, I can't remember what the stat was, every five minutes or something like that. I think there are two or three songs in this, and the other movies that fit the same bill are Bambi, Black Cauldron, maybe? That checks. Yeah, Black Cauldron, I don't remember any songs. And I think there may have been another one that I just can't remember, but uh, Bambi was the same same thing. I think in Bambi there was only background music. There wasn't ever anybody singing, yeah, the like character singing, and yeah, the the background song was like "Trip, Trip, Trip," little April flower song about rain, and that's another one I haven't seen since I was a kid. I don't care to see that ever again. I'd like to see it again just to see, you know, if I can uncover my own rose tinted spectacles and see what's going on underneath. I don't need to see Pammy's mom die. Uh, I think again. <laughs> at this point, my heart is hard enough. I think I can take it. You think so? Meanwhile, I'll get a call three. I'm. Why did you let me watch this? <laughs> I can't sleep now. <laughs> so these uh, two lizards are underperforming. Oh, I think a frog, a frog and a lizard. Yeah. yeah. They go away quickly and then enter who I thought was being set up to be um, an Eileen Adler, but it wasn't. Irene. Irene. I don't know why I can't get her name right. Dearest friends, dear gentlemen. Deidre. Deidre. Dirty? Are you, what are you saying? Dirty? 
life down here's been hard for you life has made you strong did dandra with my attitude hey fellas the time is right get ready tonight's the night boys what your so this scene caused a problem with the mpaa uh they wanted to rate this higher than a g because of this scene oh really <laughs> yeah and uh disney came back and argued that uh not only do the lyrics are not say anything risque and you don't see anything really risque and it's um, burlesque. So it's supposed to be somewhat artsy um, and they're mice. So whatever you're showing is not bad. So anyway, they were eventually able to muscle their way to a G rating without changing anything. So the, the problem that I had with this song was this specifically that drink your beard. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah, that probably wouldn't pass in yeah. a modern movie. <laughs> like the guy mice trying to crawl up to the stage. instantly made me suspicious of it well so what bothered me about this is uh sherlock basil is uh already suspicious of it and i think he even caught a glimpse a glimpse of them uh putting stuff in the drink mm-hmm. and he doesn't immediately tell dawson not to drink it mm-hmm. like just wait a second yeah that this i know instead he looks away from him and starts eyeballing the drink and just lets dawson drink the drink that was just delivered to him because mm-hmm. why wouldn't he drinks have been drugged. That's a rather nice bite. Do I? <laughs> Jolly good, lady. Jolly good. This is a fast-acting drug. <laughs> and alcohol. Ooh, <laughs> it was an eye patch to better see them. Uh, speaking uh, of eye patches, do you know why pirates wore eye patches? Does it make the one eye keener? It uh, yes, it helps them go uh, from above deck to below deck and then back. So if they've got an eye patch on when they're above deck and then they go under, uh, they can lift the eye patch and they can adjust their eye. They have an eye that's already adjusted to darkness. I so, fuck new by Apple. <laughs> so they <laughs> the can Zach Robot. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck. <laughs> anyway, so the the, the pirates can uh, easily adjust to going uh, below deck, and then they come back above deck and they're. You know, hmm. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of uh, pirate history for you. I wonder if it did anything detrimental to their depth perception. Uh, probably. Mm. But they got used to it. And uh, his peg leg is back on screen left. On the right leg. And his right, yes. My next is, I just really love the special death song that he created for the murder of him. So soon, goodbye. You followed me. I followed you. See? See, I think he's in love with Basil. I think it's me too. Could be. What did you mean? An engagement in Buckingham Palace. Haven't you figured it out from the no clues? The Queen's in danger and the Empire's doomed. The Queen? So, 
I didn't have anything written down for that, but I did flag it when I first watched it. So had they heard uh, Radigan say something about the queen at that point? I think he uh, alluded to Buckingham Palace. I don't think he specifically mentioned the queen, but he knows that they stole the uh, Queen's Guard's uniform, the beef eater hats and the... um, From the the toys. mm -hmm, From the toys. And uh, they know that it is the Diamond Jubilee Festival, so that's kind of timely. Um, Those guards are only at the palace, so I think he's putting some clues together, but I don't think he knows the specific... He has a toy maker. I, I think he's putting clues together, but doesn't know exactly what. Yeah, and, I, and I'm fine with that. It's it, what, I'm, what I was trying to get at was, I'm pretty sure we they heard Radigan say something about Buckingham Palace of the Queen or something like that. So him being like, the Queen? Like, yeah, we know that. But they're making sure that everyone knows that because not everyone's as smart as us. Or so, Basil. You don't have to put anything together for that. He said it. He didn't say, I'm going to attack the queen with a queenly robot. Goodbye. Farewell. (laughs) He said something similar. My next one is the tower fight. They did a lot of city damage for being mice. They sure did. (laughs) Uh, There's no escape this time, Basil. He's racing up to do a final death swipe of Basil, who falls from the Tower of London. Or not Tower of London, uh, falls from Big Ben. He is celebrating his victory on the top of the clock as the rain pours. So at one point when he's about to swipe him, for some reason I thought that he was going to say something like, A rat am I? Well, let's see how rat-like I can be. Because that was kind of like a, an analogous thing in uh, Aladdin where Jafar says he's become a genie and he goes, a snake am I? We'll see how snake-like I can be. I thought that was kind of nice. But one thing bra, I bra, noticed. Rick and Rick, stick that sword into the snake. <laughs> <laughs> Jafar, Jafar. He's, he's our man. man. If he can't do it, great. <laughs> <laughs> Mine ears. <laughs> oh, you read it. I read it. Oh, damn. Sorry, folks. So on our uh, soundboard, if we get too loud and rowdy, it lets us know by turning us up red. I'm going to turn my levels down slightly. You're just so boisterous. I'm a boisterous man. You're a boisterous boy. I'm a boisterous boy. Mm. <laughs> uh, so anyway, one thing I wanted to... Oh, geez. One thing I wanted to point out was that you can't hear the rain. There's no rain sound effects, which I found weird. Huh. There's storm sound effects, so you can hear rumbling in the background. Even between the lightning, you can hear kind of like... Maybe they were worried it would muffle the actors too much? Possibly. Maybe the recording at the time wasn't as dynamic, so there wasn't a large range. So Mm -hmm. like from low bassy notes to high, maybe it was all kind of mid to high. And it may just kind of read as static. Yeah, it might have felt very kind of overpowering. Uh, On the contrary! The game's not over yet! Yeah, there was briefly. It's gone away again. So uh, both Radican and Basil are falling presumably to their dooms. 
but he had a wheelie thing that allowed him to fly. Olivia and her father are embracing in tears, and um, <laughs> Dawson is looking on. But we hear the squeaking. And here Basil comes. On part of the uh, dirigible that Radigan owned. Emerging from the clouds like a god. Jolly good. Jolly good. Jolly god. And they lived happily ever after. Oh god, no, he's falling. Yeah, the balloons lose the helium. (laughs) (laughs) Or they float off into space. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, that's that's all I had for uh, for the film. Yeah, yeah. All in all. Quite delightful. I'm going to put it on the credits music while we uh, wrap things up here because I think that's that was a good thing we did last time. All right, so that concludes The Great Mouse Detective. Whoa! We did it. <laughs> How cool is that? And you, you didn't get one womp during this entire movie. That was and kind of sad. Maybe I was fearful of it. You did womp me a little in the beginning. I know, but it was kind of, it didn't really deserve a womp. I was just really excited you to just, get it out there. I need to make the button. <laughs> I've got a womp at least once. No. All right. So uh, was this film as good as you remember? Hmm? Oh, gosh. It was every bit as charming as I remember. And I'm glad that I revisited because I hadn't seen that since I was a tot, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it for the first time at a sleepover with some of my elementary school friends. Were you as scared this time? Well... I was scared from the insomnia that occurred last night, but that had nothing to do with the, the movie. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. So it's safe to say that you have uh, you've become a little bit more hardened since your childhood days. Yeah. If you think I'm squishy Allison now, you should have seen Care Bear Allison back in my elementary school days. Oh my god! <laughs> if you can imagine, I it. can't actually. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was a hardened criminal back then, you know. Oh, you just, you've gotten softer as you've grown older. <laughs> well, uh, and was it as good as I remember this? For the, once, I can actually answer this question, too. It, it, no. It wasn't as good as you remember? I don't think so. But you didn't remember if you had or had not seen it. Yeah, but watching it, I'm, I remember seeing those moments when I was younger. It was more impactful when you were younger. Not all the moments, but most of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it was more impactful. I was scared at the scary stuff, and I was more relieved when things went right, and I didn't see it coming when he pedaled his way back up. Mm-hmm. Of course, this time I saw him fall down with the windmill or whatever that was supposed to be. Yeah, the yeah. propeller of some kind. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, it was not as good as... it was. Yeah. Yeah. See, I this is where I wasn't sure if maybe the, the whole nods to Sherlock would just drive it a little more in for you. Uh, I liked all of that stuff. I thought it was cool that they had the parallel with the real human Sherlock and Watson walking around doing their thing. And I liked that they were giving lines from the actual actor. Now, they didn't actually have the actor record for the movie. Like you said at the beginning, I think that it was actually it was a recording from not the original movie, but from a radio uh, record where he was just reading. He wasn't performing. But I thought it was really cool. I I liked all the nods. Um, Again, I didn't think that the main Basil was completely Sherlocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was different, but I thought the ways in which he was different were entertaining. I thought That's they were fair. fun, That's but fair. it should have been John Cleese. And I take off like 10 points from the movie for not being John Cleese. We have a 10 point rating scale. So it's a zero for not being John Cleese. Rude. Maybe even <laughs> negative. I think I might give it negative. Wow. Wow. We'll That's, see. This is hurtful. We'll see. This hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> so did your perspective on anything uh, from the movie change over the years? 
just that it, it was less scary and jarring. I, I was a little more uh, steeled and ready for it. And maybe it's also... You were a hard heart. Yeah. I, or I just have uh, become softened to light scares because of my love of horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're a hard heart now. Mm-hmm. I think you can watch that, Bambi. That is my... Uh, no, I can't. Uh, <laughs> that is my Care Bear name, Hard Heart. Hard Heart. They all have hard heart, heart bear. names like uh, Caring Heart and Love Heart, and I'm Hard Heart. Hard Hearted Allison. <laughs> <laughs> well, what'd you think? Did it contribute something to cinema? So uh, I, I learned in my research that it was one of the films that helped revitalize the Disney Animation Studio. So in that way, yes. Um, but uh, I, I also appreciate making Sherlock something approachable to kids. Do you think I'd, this was the first thing to have done that? I struggle to think of an animated feature that dealt with Sherlock before this, but I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything, but there might have been something. I don't know. But that's doing something for children. The The thing you said before was something that it did for Disney, the company. Mm-hmm. But what do you think that it did? What do you think it innovated for cinema? Well, it revitalized Disney Animation Studios, which have a huge impact on overall cinema. Um, but uh, but Disney had already been Disneying before. Yeah, but it was about to close its animation studio until this and um, American Tail Fifel goes west. And- yeah, so I mean, but it did something financially, so maybe it would have done. It, it would have helped Disney fail had they failed, and it, then there wouldn't be any more Disney. But. It, it, it encouraged them to to continue and innovate with their animation. Oh, you are right, actually, because as surprising as that may be, no, just kidding, just kidding. It's a, it's I'm a offended. You should be. No, but uh, they <laughs> they they did uh, they did innovate for this movie. I'm just now remembering this was the first movie I believe to have had. 3D animation and 2D animation in the same shot. So when they the were in the clock, clock tower, tower yeah. they had 3D gears and things like that going around. And uh, they had that with the mice climbing on them and stuff. So I think this was the first movie to have done that. So in that way, yes, it did contribute something. So there. So you win. Feels hollow because you're not really <laughs> celebrating with me. <laughs> no, I feel like I've become adversarial for this question. Yeah. Did it contribute something to cinema? Of course not. You're and then wrong, you have to convince me. You should me. feel bad for being wrong. <laughs> it was bad, and you should feel bad. Oh boy. Oh no, she's crying. Um, cheer up. Oh, the volume's down. The magic of Disney. Oh. <laughs> All right, so it did contribute something to cinema in that way. Did you think it contributed in any other way? Um, not that comes immediately to mind, or when I was watching it, like it. I just think it revitalized the animation studio. It gave them new purpose to cre- keep innovating in animation. Um, but other than that, it, it was a charming children's story, which is not new in, no. in the world. Yeah, I don't know. I, I That line of thinking, I think I disagree with, saying that it continued or it, it helped Disney not fail so that they could continue to do what they've been doing. I don't think that's the spirit of the question. I think the spirit of the question is, did it do something new on screen? Like saying they might not have been able to continue had this movie not existed may be true, but I don't know that that means that they contributed something to cinema. Now, as it turns out, I think think that they did, yeah. But yeah, I think that's different. But yeah, saying that it, it helped the company, I don't think is quite the spirit of the question, in my opinion. 
No, and that's fair. Uh, so, do you think that they should have changed anything? Or if they were going to remake this movie, do you think they would do anything differently? I think that they would have to take out the smoking, the beer song, um, and um, the the pipe that Basil smokes, even though it's iconic. Like they would probably change it to where Basil had bubble pipe. Like, yeah, I literally said bubble <laughs> pipe. <Yeah. laughs> You know, I I just I don't think that would person personally I don't think that would improve the film. Uh, mm. But I don't see them using the gun, the smoke, and the beer drinking. I think you're probably right. How, do you think that Disney would put out? I can't remember. Like, are are all of Disney's like Frozen and Moana? Are they all G rating, or do they ever go to a PG? I think uh, in some of their live actions, they go to a PG. Um, I've never seen them do a PG-13, but for the most part, they're at a G rating. Okay. Because I know they own other studios like Touchstone, Mm -hmm. which I think does PG-13 and maybe R. I can't remember if they've done an R. I'm going to have to think about that because I don't remember. But uh, yeah, I'm curious if they would ever... Maybe not branded as Disney, maybe under one of their other company names, mm-hmm. do a, a PG or a PG-13 cartoon. That's but, a little more mature. Yeah, but I don't yeah, know if there's any precedent. Yeah. I don't know if there's precedent for something like that. So I agree with you. I think that if they if Disney were to redo this, I'm sure that they would take out all that stuff. Yeah, I think that their scariest movie, um, which happens to be one of my favorite movies, that didn't personally, like it, it frightened me, but I wasn't like scared for days or anything, was Hocus Pocus. Like that had a lot of adult themes. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was terrified of that film when I was a little baby boy. Yeah. So it's, uh, Disney is capable, but they don't often tap into that. They don't often pull that trigger. Exactly. So, but- yeah, just clean up the boozing and the smoking. And I think that it could be recreated, but I don't think that would contribute anything more than what the film is what was hocus pocus rated pg pg Mm -hmm. because at one point uh the what's his face tells the witches to go to hell Mm -hmm. is there any other swearing well i i mean there was things like they continually called him a virgin they talked about um one of the teenage breasts they called him yabos and that's right (laughs) (laughs) even the little girl says yabos doesn't she and there was also uh, a reference to um Winifred caught Billy the zombie. He was caught sporting with Sarah, and so she sewed his mouth shut to kill him and torture him for cheating on her. So I think that was maybe one of the only times where they've alluded to kind of like infidelity or sexual relations in their characters. And we saw them hang the witches, which is something that we definitely wouldn't see. At the very beginning, um, we see them at the gallows, and they're like, we're going to return in a hundred years and suck all the lives out of all the children. <laughs> I didn't remember that we'd, we actually see them hang. Yeah. We see their feet go wobbly. Oh boy. I didn't remember. I haven't, I didn't see that last year and I haven't watched it yet this year, but uh, it will be watched now. All right. Well, there you have it. So let's go on to act five, the Rose award ceremony. Thank you. Thank you. You may stop. No, no, do go on. I live for the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and silence! Yeah. So, who would you give your rose award to? Toby and Felicia. They're my favorite animal companions. No, <laughs> you can't give them a rose. They didn't do anything interesting. Toby did. Make your case. <laughs> well, this is my personal award. Like, I'm allowed to feel how... So, um, sure, I'm just asking you to defend it. <laughs> so... I, I would say maybe Dawson if I had to actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to give a real answer. <laughs> but I, I do love um, the Toby and Felicia, like just 
the the heroic dog and then the the evil lucifer cat and now when i say lucifer cat that's the name of the cat from cinderella lucifer like they look like they could be from the same lineage lucifer and felicia perhaps they are maybe that's part of the the disney lore so uh you would say i just i love felicia was the uh, the part of the villain Yeah. yeah how could you give the the rose to her Technically, I I would also give it to Radigan because he moved the story along. Well, but it was more Basil pursuing him. We were following Basil. It's true. So <laughs> what did Toby do? He took them somewhere. He took them. So- he sniffed out the bat that they couldn't find. He tracked them. Um, and he uh, scared off Felicia before she could eat any more of the good people. All right. So Toby is a contender. Felicia, no. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Felicia. But Toby is a contender. But I, how can you say that anyone did more than Basil? I just, um, personal likability plays into my Rose Award. And you didn't like Basil as much? He's kind of, like, self-serving and rude, and, and which is what Sherlock is supposed to be. Like, he's supposed to be a little self-serving, a little rude. He's he- a genius. He is. He's. Uh, he's a little bit. Yeah. He's. He's. He's a bit rude. He's also. He likes to. Uh, in the stories, he. He is very condescending to the police officers. And he's condescending to everyone in the like the do shut up scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Scotland Yard folk. Anyway, I gave my rose to Basil, but I, I can. I can see Toby being a contender for that. I buy that. But Felicia, come on, <laughs> come on, son. <laughs> I just love her. Yeah. She's. She is my Cartman. In your world of analogies. Yeah, I can buy that, but I wouldn't give my, like if we were watching Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, the South Park movie, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd give my rose to Cartman, even though I love him. Well, Cartman's mom is a big bitch. Is a big uh, no, no, bitch. no, 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 Kyle. Kyle, not Cartman. Kyle's mom is a big fat bitch. She's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. She's a mean old so, bitch and she has stupid hair. She's a bitch, 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 bitch. What's your thorn? My thorn goes to uh, Miss, uh, I've written Mrs. Hamster Pastry. <laughs> what? I don't remember Is her that last name. Is supposed to be Miss Judson, the, the nanny? The nanny. <laughs> <laughs> that I will never nod to think of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Poisoning the tea, nanny. <laughs> <laughs> I did love his reading in that. <laughs> nanny. Um, no, uh, the, the Hawthorne, what was the, the, the little girl's name? Oh, uh, Olivia Flavisham. Flavisham. I wrote Ooh. Mrs. Hamster Pastry, but that's what I meant. Hamster <laughs> pastry. pastry sounds disgusting. By it does. <laughs> I've um, never made one of those, by the way, so don't go off thinking that that's a real thing that I know a lot about. Please don't eat your hamsters. Don't eat hamsters. A message from Rose Tinted Reels. The more you know. <laughs> so my thorn went to Stripper Mouse. I just assumed she was going to be part of the story in some way. <laughs> I thought she was going to be Adler. She no, literally was just wasting time. <laughs> she literally contributed less than nothing. All she gave us was adding a beer drinking song for children. <laughs> exactly. And that's nice. That's a piece of cinematic history. They gave a beer drinking song for children. They didn't even change it to root beer or cream soda or something like that. No. No, she's a and drink. Yummy. Look, <laughs> Disney is innovating. They're giving beer songs, pub songs for kids. A radigan. <laughs> See, that is more of a pub song. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So really, they've given two pub songs for children. Disney yeah. is a hell of a company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like when you go to the parks, you can get the LeFou Brew. The LeFou Brew? Can you really? Yeah. It's a, it's a like a sparkling apple cider with a marshmallow kind of frothy top. I just want to revisit our feelings on that movie, on the, the remake, the, the live action remake. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. 
Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I loved LeFou. I loved... I loved LeFou. LeFou Strongman big arms. See, but LeFou is also the voice of Olaf, the snowman in the Frozen franchise. Well, yeah, he's... Uh, what, what's his name? I just Gad. had it before you said just that. Gad. Gad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh. Yeah, Josh Gad. He's apparently a very good actor in other oh, things. I don't know that I've seen him in other serious roles, but I loved him as LeFou. He was in The Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. I don't, he was kind of minor, I think, in that. Yeah, he wasn't a big deal. Although everyone was kind of minor. There were so many characters. Except for our favorite mustachioed detective. Yep, Kenneth Branagh. He's mm-hmm. my man. <laughs> You're my man. He's my main man. You know he directed Thor 1. Huh. And I don't... I'm not Thor about it. <laughs> he, he, he thought about it, too. Oh, Allison. <laughs> I agree with myself in that recording. <laughs> so uh, you just... thought about it. You hesitated. You're like, no, no, this is going to happen. We're going to get one in. <laughs> <laughs> that was one good one. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Josh Gad and all that stuff. So, what is your genre rating? So, for genre, I gave it uh, a rating for family animation, and I gave it a six point five out of ten. Ooh, that's actually higher than my score. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really. I gave it a six out of ten. Why so low? What what did you take off four points for? I didn't rate it um, necessarily low, but as we've stated, you know, if, well, if it's going to be on the spectrum of all family animation Disney yeah. type things, mm-hmm. so what what's your ten out of ten? Oh man, I wasn't prepared to answer that. Uh, so I'm maybe t- Beauty and the Beast, the original animated, or The Little Mermaid, where they actually did like research into hair movement to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they they had armies of animators slaving away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like i just it, it's beautiful the music is fantastic it just it really transports you and little mermaid is one of the only disney movies that does not make me cry oh that's interesting yeah or uh even i would say wally is up there just because of uh, that was innovative like what they were doing with um the the CG animation um, studio at the time, like it. Well, it was, I think it was taking every Pixar movie kind of takes the next step in fidelity, mm-hmm. but Toy Story was really, that was the OG. And that one also very good. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I would put Toy Story up there with like maybe nine out of 10, Aladdin, uh, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, you know, all of these, it's, it's kind of hard for me to separate them qualitatively because mm-hmm. uh, I've got my rose tinted reels on. But I think, yeah, th- those are kind of all 10 out of 10s for me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not that I didn't love this and think it was good. It's just. It's not that quality. Yeah. Exactly. And actually. And it was shorter. Even And it was shorter. But even the, the quality of the animation, there were moments that I would notice that it felt more like a made for TV kind of Mickey Mouse movie where the, the, the background painting is very high fidelity, but you can see like the lower quality dynamic objects like if someone's going to interact with a hat Mm -hmm. it doesn't look like it's part of the background yeah or if there's a wall that's about to be burst through you can't tell immediately before it happens yeah Yeah. and but even like the robot when i noticed it very uh obviously when we saw the the robot that was very jarring um the it looked like jetsons yeah the the style of animation looked like the jetsons that particular robot when it was in its unfinished days uh stages it looked like the danger will robinson robot Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just the quality of animation wasn't the same as other Disney movies. 
And that could have to do with the fact that they, they didn't believe in this one as much as some of their other films. Yeah, maybe so. Um, so yeah, but 6.5, I thought it was it was fun. Maybe I should give it a 6, but I'll stick with 6.5. I'm not trying to sway you. I'm just trying to think of what, what I would rate lower than it, because I thought it was pretty good, but it didn't it didn't punch me in the head with how great it was. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, 6.5, man. What do you give it for directing? Again, 6 out of 10. Yeah, I give it a 5.5 out of 10. Okay. I thought that there were some things like the the bar the 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 pub scene mm-hmm. contributed nothing. It absolutely meant nothing to the plot of the movie. Yeah, they could have just found the bat in the sewers with Toby and yeah, that and that would have led them to the same end. And that would have made the movie even shorter if they had taken that out. Maybe that's why they added it. It was a fluffer. Yeah, which kind of seems like it's cheating. Yeah, I don't know. We don't like cheaters. And so for the same reason, I'm going to jump ahead. I I also gave writing five. I, I gave did. it slightly lower. I gave writing six because I thought that it was fun and creative how they adapted Sherlock to fit a mouse world or kind of a cartoon world. So um, I, I like that they did that. And I think on the whole, they did a decent job. They changed his character a little bit, but I think they could have for Disney. If we're rating it on Disney standards, mm-hmm. I think they could have done a lot better. OK, and that's fair. What about acting? Acting talent. I gave acting a six out of ten. Yeah, me too. I thought the performances were very good. Again, I don't think that Radigan's uh, character model looked like it fit with the voice all that well. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I mean, you said it seems to fit for you, right? I liked it. I liked the the juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what would you give her for music? Oh, music. So, the music that's in the background, the score. Um, I would give it. Six and a half out of ten. I thought that the music was really good. Now, the songs, the natural songs, I love Radigan, um, but I don't, and I love the murder song. The stupid murder song. I love it so <laughs> much. Uh, but the barter song did nothing for me, except get stuck in my head. Uh, I gave it a five out of ten for music. And, so, and I think that's because it was a mixed bag. Like mm-hmm. you said, some of the songs were quite good. Uh, some of them were very forgettable. Some of them were, uh, like with the robot scene, just felt so manic. It, I just kind of feel uncomfortable listening to it. I just kind of want it to be over. So because it's, it's, they realized that even a pattern would be a comfort. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, I didn't mean to gabe you. You gabed me. I got gabed. <laughs> he got gabed. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I thought it was kind of a mixed bag. Some were good. Some was forgettable. And some were kind of, it felt kind of weird. So I give it kind of a, I don't know. I think I'll even give it a 4.5. So... I think the the moment of truth, what we're all waiting for is what is your real and your heart ratings? So my real rating, which you predicted to be Mm 5.5, I give it a 5.5. Right on. Right on, sister man. Does that? that, We'll we'll go with it. All right, sister man. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh, What did you give your real rating as your real rating? I gave it a 6 out of 10. And what was your nostalgia? Uh, no style? My style from the beginning, six and a half. Okay, so you came down half a point. Why do you think you came down half a point on it? Oh, probably because as an adult, it was less impactful, like the my worry for the characters. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, my worry, uh, my fear, all those kind of heart-pounding elements have come down just, just a scotch. But you don't think that probably would happen if you were to rewatch like Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid. You'd mm-hmm. still probably rate that a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And okay, so and I think that's indicative of the fact that this movie is not quite on the same level as some of these other Disney animated movies. Okay. 
But what about your heart? What does your heart say? My heart bleeds for this movie. Um, I gave it a 7 out of 10. No, that's very good. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I gave it an 8 out of 10 from my heart. Yeah. So that's odd for me that your nostalgia rating was lower than your heart rating. Because I feel like the nostalgia rating is your your memory's heart rating. Mm. Right? So I remember hearting it at a certain level. Oh, yeah, I guess. So it seems weird that you would have heart uh, you would have uh, remembered hearting it lower than you now heart it. <laughs> That's a funny sentence. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think it's because like I I've grown a deeper appreciation for certain like um Vincent Price when I was a child I had no fealty to but uh. um, so it it to me uh the real I can see the problems with the film but my heart I I you know I love my You enjoy it even more than you used to. Yeah, because I pick up on smaller things. Interesting. Well, there you have it. There it is. Yeah. So, uh, oh, you know what? I even took a note here uh, after my ratings. I said that I enjoyed it, but the pacing was very quick and the writing was a little loose. And I think that's exactly why I rated my real rating was low and my writing and directing was kind of low as well. Mm-hmm. The pacing was very quick. And I think that it was a short movie. And I think they could have taken longer with some things. And it wouldn't have felt so kind of rushed. And then I wonder if like they were pushed on a deadline or something and they had to complete it. But yeah, maybe so. We don't know. Yeah, we just don't know. So, Act 6, next time on the RTR. Our next movie is going to be in... I was going to say it with you, but you didn't do it. Oh, Okay. Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and the one. Raiders of the Lost. Oh, that's Ark. the subtitle. I was just saying a number. Damn it. Oopsies. Oopsies. So there was a subtitle for the first one. Yeah, they they all have one. Um, so there's Raiders of the Lost Ark. There is Temple of Doom. Doom. And then the third, which I'm quite partial to, which is the Last Crusade. Which was the crystalline skull. The one that I don't acknowledge. Mm, was that four? Mm-hmm. Okay. Was there a fifth, or is that still yet to be pending? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 they must have been really confident that there would be a sequel to put a subtitle on a first movie. That doesn't happen very often. Star Wars didn't have a subtitle when it first came out. It was just Star Wars. They later gave it a new hope. Okay. I was like, I, I thought that they. Yeah. It's the, the yeah. episode four, the first Star Wars to come out is called A New Hope, but only now. That was retroactive. Yeah. So I guess, like you said, this one, they were just sure. Yeah. They were sure of it. Interesting. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's let's. Uh, I'm kind of excited about doing uh, Indiana Jones, but I'm also a little bit nervous because what if I don't like it? I don't. I I mean, you Han Solo as a character, you like? Yes. Of course I do. He's Han Solo. Han flipping Solo. What are you going to do? You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh, you can take the Han Solo out of the Star Wars universe, but you get. What am I saying? I don't know. I don't. Know. Harrison Ford. We like him. Yes. Although I will say in the last uh, Blade Runner movie, 2049, mm-hmm. I loved that movie, but I think he, he, something about his character. I, I just didn't, uh, I didn't love his, his character in the second movie. I haven't seen the second one yet. <gasps> you haven't? Well, remember I've seen all the old films, but none of the new. Ah, <laughs> uh, well that may have to be my, one of my golden buzzers. Because he's got a golden dick. That's mine, Peyton. Wait, that's a commercial for the Super Bowl from years ago. <laughs> no one on earth would understand what I just did. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> but it was funny. It was a it was a direct TV commercial. 
because they were giving out like NFL golden tickets or something like that. I've got a golden ticket. It's mine, Peyton. And Peyton Manning is a football player. I happen to know that. I don't know why. I just know all the, aren't there multiple Mannings in football? Uh, Peyton Manning. Eli. Eli Manning. Hey, see, you knew a person. My brain hurts. And that's all of them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all the Mannings. I thought there was three Mannings. I don't know. But anyway, so... um. My nostalgic viewpoint of this film is a 6 out of 10, which I'm now wondering if that's low for me because I do love the franchise. So three, maybe, maybe, 3 is the highest for me, though, of them. So and there has to be a when, when we started the nostalgia rating, it was kind of uh, uh, competing with the real rating. Mm-hmm. And so now I think you, you need to shift mentally what your nostalgia is. So you're not nostalgia critically rating it. You're nostalgia harding it. Okay. So would you still give that, a, you said a six? I would say maybe seven, but the third is still going to be the highest ranked out of the three. Okay. All right. Well, here is the trailer for Indiana Jones 1, Raiders of the Lost Ark. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, it is their Atanis. And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It's Johnny Rees. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Is that guy a waxwork? Of the Lost Ark. Better go. Time. If you still want the ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Well, he punched him. I thought he shot him. from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. kind of like the cartoony logo in the trailer so do you reckon that that's a very 80s logo it definitely has kind of like a back to the future kind of mm-hmm. shading and coloration yeah, yeah yeah um so what what genre do you think this movie is action so just action it's not supposed to be action comedy i think it has comedic moments but it's not I, i'd say it's more just action Action fantasy, maybe. Okay. What, uh, uh, how do you think, how uh, historically accurate do you think this movie is? It isn't. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, there you go. 
There it is. Next episode is Indiana Jones. And watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do hope that you join us again for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, you know, um, remember to vote, get your flu shot, be kind to each other, and thank your local Julian Crowhurst for making your music. <laughs> yeah, making our music. Tell him you appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now everyone else do it too. Yeah. No, no. This guy has gotten enough accolades. What we, <laughs> what we need is for you to send us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's what needs to happen. And if they just happen to say something nice about our musical composer, then so be it. Yeah, fine. We'll read it out and he'll be delighted. He will. He'll be tickled. Hey, that's two birds, one stone. Really? Really? He's getting what he needs. We're getting what we need. Come on. Scratch everyone's backs. There you go. All right. So that has been our episode of Rose Tinted Reels, The Great Mouse Detective. I have been Zachary Ellis Duncan. And I am Allison Krauss. And oh my gosh, two hours. We, this is, this is the shortest episode we've done. I think, yeah. What is the shortest (laughs) one we've done so far? Is it like Breakfast Club, I think. That was like two and a half hours, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, we're back down. It only took to have us a, a movie that was an hour long. <laughs> Meanwhile, our next episode, five hours. It's going to be big. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> it's going to be a big one, guys. Just prepare yourselves for it now. All right, so that's it, man. Anything else to say? Rate and review. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a fun treat for anyone that hangs on it.